This episode of Believe Hole is brought to you by Soundiron, a premium developer of virtual instruments for songwriters, composers, and sound designers. Creating instruments for the best composers and artists in media today. Coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. We don't want to scare anybody. Since Thomas Edison recorded the first audible human words on tinfoil, mankind has been documenting its every experience on Earth. But a small number of dedicated recordists have been listening in between the sound in the hum and hiss of the white noise, listening for voices that may not want to be heard. Who belongs to these voices? What are they trying to tell us? Can we really trust what they're saying? On this episode of Belief Hole, we search the sonic darkness to bring you voices from beyond the veil. So dust off your tape recorder and listen closely as we discuss the secretive speakers and cryptic communications from the other side. Synchronicity, Sasquatch, Homunculus, Alien Races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. Like, Close the door, it. Jury! Close your door! What's the uh, Inner Earth Disagreements? Ghost Dad! <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, Magicians are Demons, Spectres, Spirits, Sleep Paralysis, Strange Disappearances, Sky Whale Phenomena, yes. Alternative History, Shadow People. Shh, quiet, I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeists. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf Towers. I would never talk about it. That's old. Y2K. Cover ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello, hello. Hello, hello, gentlemen. Welcome to Beliefful. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Jeremy. Well, hello, hello. Yes, it's that time of year, as we've been kind of saying in these episodes coming up, as we get closer to All Hallows Eve. It's been a warm fall so far. <laughs> it's, it's always a I weather. Need to watch for that. <laughs> When's the weather coming into play? It's true though. It has been warm. I'm, I just mean I haven't felt the Halloween spirit yet mm-hmm. because it's been so warm. At this point, it directly relates to the feeling of Halloween. This is true. Yeah. There hasn't been that like cool breeze that reminds you that everything's coming to an the end. The leaves have just started changing. Mm-hmm. Like just barely. Yeah. But the, I imagine it'll start speeding up here pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Soon those spooky howls through the trees will be <laughs> knocking the, li- the cool wind of Halloween will be here to knock the trees. The skittles of dead leaves across the cement. Yes. Yeah, that's a great sound. A scuttling? Yeah. yeah. I always try to find that sound effect. It's a really hard one to find. Imagine. Like a good one. Like a, it's almost like a light scraping. Yeah, w- mixed with wind. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult one to, to put in there. We'll throw it in right now. No. You're just giving John a You assignment. just did. I just told you that it's hard to find. <laughs> well, then you can impress our listeners that you did it. Okay. Just get out there with a microphone. Anyways, yes, that is the time that we are in, and I'm, I'm excited for it. We have a specific topic today. Yes, we It relates do. to the Halloween season. Yes, it is Halloween specific. Well, kind of. It's an oldie, but goodie. Yeah. I mean, this is a classic topic we've covered briefly in the past. We've definitely touched on it. Well, during our ITC episodes, we did pretty deep dives on the EVP. 
Yes. Which is what we're going to be discussing today, electronic voice phenomena. But not just that, because what we're talking about today, and I guess EVP in general, it can obviously be explained in different ways. There can be different possible explanations, of course, the natural, rational explanations of, well, audio pareidolia is one. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure that accounts for a chunk of them. Oh, for sure. And we're going to get into that a little bit because I, I found a really interesting blog. I've been looking for this because in the past we talked about, I had an experience with what we called white noise voices or white noise music, which was hearing like distinct musical melodies and things inside yeah. the white noise of, say, an air conditioning unit or that kind of thing. And I, was, and I thought, you know, this is, seems like a, a novel phenomenon that no one's talked about, but I distinctly, and I, I talked about it in a previous episode, so I won't go into the story, but essentially I heard this like very distinct country music playing from my ceiling, but it was like in the air, it was in this space. And then when I turned off the fan in the bathroom, the music stopped, turned it right. back on and I could start to hear it again. Is this audio pareidolia? Does anyone else experience this? Someone wrote in and I cannot find it, but they said that they experienced and wanted to hear more about this phenomenon. Sure. Sure, someone did. <laughs> I swear someone wrote and requested it. It's not just, just my desire. Totally, I know, I saw him. Kidding, Ever. Yeah. But the point is, I didn't think there was much out there because we're looking in the past. I found a whole blog. We're just going to touch on some of it later because it's fascinating about this phenomena called MES, musical ear syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, which is the scientific explanation. But you, when you start to read people's anecdotes of what they experience and then how this doctor from this blog tries to explain it, it's just kind of a band-aid for everything that they're experiencing, but doesn't quite match. And the idea that we could be, just as we do with EVP, allegedly picking up sounds, music, voices from a parallel reality, life after death, another time and space, whatever it is that we're picking up, that there could be something unique and real going on that's not just some audio pareidolia that we're hearing. Right. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're going to have some interesting examples. We have a listener who wrote in with an EVP or sent in an EVP that he experienced was pretty interesting, kind of freaky. And, yeah. uh, and then some really interesting stuff that will tie into the expansion that, Chris, you're going to get into, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the expansion is going to be fun. For you expansion members out there, we're going to be covering otherworldly music in the expansion. There's a great book by D. Scott Rogo, which is a compendium of accounts that he collected. You might recognize his name because he wrote Phone Calls from the Dead. Excellent, excellent researcher. Oh, yeah. So Rogo was one of the most respected psychical researchers, right? Um, sadly died. His whole thing was over the course of his two dozen books that he published, he sought to expand the range of what topics could be included in paranormal research. That's why you have these unique things like otherworldly music and phone calls from the dead, because he was always looking for interesting things that people hadn't really talked about, kind of like, our, I feel like our show a little bit. And one of the things he talks about in this book is the concept of nod or nad, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's a Sanskrit term signifying transcendental, astral, psychic, or paranormal music, music heard from no apparent source. What he covers in this book is how that celestial music relates to out-of-body traveling, how it relates to near-death experiences, hauntings, and the dissolving of the psychic ether, as he calls it, mystics and mediums experience with this celestial music, and also how it connects to ancient religions and cultures around the world. For example, that sort of sound that we hear in near-death experiences or these astral projections it's the same concept that's embodied in the Islam concept of Sultan ul Azkar. And celestial and unexplained music is also peppered throughout Catholic lore with right. saints and nuns, and they've all had these experiences. Celestial music, right? Yeah, for the last hundreds and hundreds of years. So the idea is that this phenomena of this otherworldly music that's experienced in near-death experiences at times could also be experienced potentially like when the white noise music throughout the day. Yeah, that's a part of this book is talking about uh, not only how it happens in these extraordinary experiences of spiritual I thought it was like but, more like hauntings through music. That's it too. Yes. Okay. So it's also hauntings. 
hauntings and just commonplace everyday experiences. So you might just be sitting home reading a book and outside your window you hear all of a sudden bells and wind instruments coming from the forest, things like that. Well, that's never happened to me. Really? It's like every Friday for me. So <laughs> Neat. Very neat. It's an interesting <laughs> phenomenon. And it does, it's funny because that, here, like you're the example of hearing music somewhere that's been talked about for thousands of years, if you consider it being an, like an ancient religious concept. Well, yeah, that term itself, the nod turn or nod turn comes from Sanskrit, which is the oldest right. known language. But the idea that that's happening, and then I find while looking for what I experience is quote white noise music, I find a blog by a doctor who wrote an article about hearing loss and how this is a sign of early onset hearing right. loss and reading the experiences of everyone like, well, I'm, not I'm glad I'm not crazy. I'm glad these voices of this cocktail party in my hallway that I, I swear I hear and I can't sleep because it's so loud, but I'm happy they're having a good time. I'm glad to know it's just my brain creating patterns out of white noise. Right. But then there are all these anomalies of how it happens and how it's, some people have similar experiences and some people even on the blog are like, I just have a hard time believing that this is just my hearing. That's going because yeah. I don't have any hearing issues, but you're saying it's my brain feeling. And so we're going to get into some of those just anecdotes. I think it's fascinating. I think people may be actually experiencing a real phenomenon. Awesome. Last thing I'll say about this expansion episode coming up, I just wanted to read this short passage that I thought illustrates this really cool concept. It's not talked about very often. So this comes from, um, actually it comes from Rogro's work, but he's quoting from Julian Johnson, who authored a volume on what he called the audible life stream. And he was a guy from the thirties who went to the East and spent a lot of time researching these mystical practices in the East, which is where we get this Hindu Sanskrit idea of the nod. The path of the masters describes the traditional view of the nod as quote, the grand symphony out of which all other symphonies flow. It is the primal music of the universe. Every musical chord of this world is an echo of that primal chord. The all-creative nada is that sound out of which all other sounds arise, while at the same time, its heavenly strains linger in all material worlds as echoes of the original melody. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, so that's the idea of what we're hearing. Yeah, it just reminds me, well, in this specifics, the celestial, what we kind of talked about before the show, John, that a lot of near-death experiences, that breathtaking, unexplainable music in that respect, the celestial-sounding, overwhelming Music, but not, it, not the country music I heard from my not necessarily that. bathroom fan. Nothing against country music, but it might not be the celestial, <laughs> grandiose music. I, yeah, I think there's country variations. Music variations. There's room for variation. Yeah, but yeah, it, that'll be really fascinating to get into. And I like that idea. It just reminds you of string theory. You know, like everything coming from vibration. Right. It's essentially kind of what this is saying in a way where like there's this initial creation that is this music. And then every material world is a extension of that unearthly, hard to reach level of you know, yogic consciousness where you can hear the celestial music. Right. Well, let's get down to earth. Let's do it. And let's hear some potential actual EVPs that people have recorded. Now, when looking at EVPs online and trying to find the best EVPs, you'd think that when you do a search, I just love, this is a great example of Google. I do a search for, quote, the best EVPs <laughs> recordings. Creative. And I get um, the top response, which because it's completely what I would want from that, obviously that search is, Hearing ghost voices relies on pseudoscience and fallibility from theconversation.com posted six years ago. Obviously, that's the most Very relevant. valuable really? result for What's me. What's the point of that, Google? I don't know. Like, well, to direct the narrative? Just, they, don't you, they don't want you to have fun. I mean, that's <laughs> just so like... It just seems like bad... Uh, it's just anything that goes outside the physical mainstream narrative 
whether that's reality or politics, what it's, there's just a very limited scope of what they allow. Yeah, just look at this. Look at this from six years Say ago. Say that again. So basically it's just the skeptic. It's just an article from theconversation.com from 2015, mm. October 30th, at about how it relies on pseudoscience and fallibility. Well, of course, it's, you know, no, it's not like there's a huge need in our society to like stop ghost hunters. Yeah, well, you start EVP and then you end up with flat earth. There you go. That's, that's the, the slippery that's slope the, yeah. to truth. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like there hasn't been Just one well-received blog article about best EVPs in the last six years is ridiculous. Right. The fact that those wouldn't pop up. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. I just thought that was interesting, but I did find some. So I'm sure there's thousands of them out there. There's there's a lot of good ones. Um, Like you can go on like Nuke's Top 5 is one of my favorite channels just for like top five type videos of different things. And you can find, you know, ghost voices, EVPs, creepy recordings. But a lot of them you find, you're going to find copied in different places. But I found some that I think are unique. Like I found one, actually, I think the first one we should do comes from a YouTube channel from 2008. It has very limited viewing and comments on it, but I thought it was really interesting. It was just kind of a unique find. I found a couple like that that we're going to do. You love the unique finds, don't you? I do. Because I think other... I, no, I get it. And yeah. I think people relate to that. It's nice to have something fresh, something you may not have heard somewhere else. Yeah. Why people come to the hole. We don't just do the mainstream. We get we go outside. Well, it's funny because we're in the hole, but yeah, we're going yeah. outside. Well, we, we dig deep. We dig deeper. Yes. We dig deeper. I like that's a good slogan. Yeah. And also we did do a, uh, well, we tried. Did I tell you about it? We went for a walk the other day at the Silver Creek? Park. Did uh, Chris tell you about that? You told me you were going to go to a cemetery and try it. Before that, I just went out. I wanted to get some fresh air or whatever. So Chris came with me, went to Silver Creek Park, and uh, we just went off trail at this random spot because you'd been foraging for mushrooms recently. Yes. So I had my eyes open for some chicken oh, did in the woods. Did you find some? Edible mushrooms, not magic mushrooms, by the way. Right, right. Edible mushrooms. So I was thinking of that. I was like, I want to find some mushrooms. So I was just kind of scanning, and I saw this tree. Its branches bent and cracked, and right at the elbow of the crack is this white what looks like a mushroom. Uh-huh. So I'm like, ah, oh, it could be a mushroom. Let's let's go look. And Chris was there. Chris, what was your experience at this point? It reminded me of when you're young and you're exploring. Right. You know, you're not you're not always off in your mind about bills or whatever. And uh, I was just looking at the ground, trying to relax. And I, you know, we saw that mushroom. I was like, I wonder what other cool things are here in the woods. And as I as we kind of walked off the beaten path, I started noticing man-made objects like metallic items and things. Springs, old springs and fencing wire, not that strange. Uh, for but kind of weird because we were in a state park. We're in Silver Creek Park. So as I'm walking, I was like, I'm actually, I'm going to pay attention and like see what I can see here. And then I just started noticing more and more things. And I saw in the distance a big white object in the forest, kind of out in the middle of the nowhere of this forest, off the trail. And I get up to this thing and I realize it's like an old piping tube of some kind that's been broken down. But then I look around and I realize that the area that I'm in is this young part of the forest. There were like trees that were probably... Baby trees. Baby trees. And I realized this was a clearing not too long ago. And then I'm seeing big metal pipes that are rusted out, but we're obviously... Water water lines. Water systems, gas pipes. And then I realized like, oh, there's chairs over here. Here's an old sink. This was a home. There was stuff everywhere. And there's glass bottles. And then we're looking down at the ground here. I'm finding things that indicate the time period. So there are these, you know, I'll put pictures in the show notes, but bottles from the 1950s, 60s. This was the era of whoever lived here. And the weird thing to me about it was that how did what is still here get left here? Was somebody living here illegally? Did they have some sort of like small home that- Well, or, not with the, I'm with the kind of like water lines. Or did the, the city get the land for the park and then they just never got to this part to clear it all out? 
but there was stuff everywhere and um, uh, any, glass bottles. Any pictures or anything? Yeah, I took pictures. No, did, was, did you find any pictures or anything? They would have been gone at this point, I think. It was mostly hard. It was metals and plastics. Okay, yeah. so like pretty old. Yeah, in the beginning of plastics. There were like some the, really preserved Yubi containers, which was kind of cool because it looked like, you know, like Bewitched, like the animation style. It was very obviously like 1960s cartoon on it. Yeah, you could tell the time period. Anyway, long so story then we short. we were possessed by demons. <laughs> <laughs> now, long story short, it just felt weird out there. So I pulled out my phone. I've, we've never done like EVP investigations or anything. I was like, just for the heck of it. Until we're, now. We're doing this episode coming up. So I pulled out my phone and I just asked some questions. And we got, I think, some interesting things that occurred. And we'll get to that later in, in the episode. But You got some sounds? Well, at first playback in the car on the way home, I heard like what sounded like tapping on my phone microphone. It's and I was weird. right after I'd asked for communication. But then I wasn't expecting to hear anything else. So I was packaging up the clip to bring to you today. And I wish I had had more time and had listened to it earlier. Because then I realized after I asked certain questions, I swear there's a feminine voice in there that if I knew how to EQ it correctly, we could probably pull it out better. So maybe that's something we can do in post. But right now I just gained it and then like copy pasted it a couple of times so we could hear it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was interesting. I was not expecting to get anything at all. And who knows, maybe it's just all a bunch of coincidences, but just being out there, it felt a little like someone was here. There was a feeling of sort of like a presency kind of, but it could have just been the impression you're getting because of there's obviously a human that lived here at one point and was the area was forgotten. It right. It could have been a time loop. Yeah, it could have been an or echo. Like a psychic yeah. echo. Like a stone tape. Stone tape. I always forget the name of that. Yeah, stone, stone tape. tape. Well, the question I asked, which I think the response, and you can tell me what you think, but one of the questions was, is anyone here or something to that effect? And the answer, like, maybe it's my brain. But I swear I hear in the white noise of the ambient forest is, I'm here. I'm here. Really? Yeah. Well, that's let's, a pretty direct response. Let's yeah. get into it then. I'm interested to see what you guys found. You want to do that now? We could might as well. You set okay. it all up. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, we're just set it all up. Like, and at the end of the episode, we might get to the sounds. Just play the whole thing? Yeah, we can play the whole thing. I cut it down to there's looping parts and stuff. And, okay. and I left in like kind of the setup to show that it was kind of an unexpected thing we were coming on. Oh, and we do find a bone in the middle, like right in the middle of about that. me talking. Jeremy finds a bone and I haven't, I'll show you a picture of a it. A skull? It's a big bone. No, it looks like a collarbone to me. Really? But I, I'm not a bonologist. A so. bonologist? <laughs> or a hunter or someone that spent any time in the woods. We'll put images in the show notes. You guys can, yeah, it could be a deer, but it, would be, it was definitely a large animal. Anyways, you'll hear. There's no deer in Ohio. Play the clip. We're in the woods of Silver Creek. Uh, just for some reason wandered off into the woods. Very strange area back here. There definitely was a home or something here in the forest. I would say in the 50s, judging by the state of decay on the plastics and the style of the bottle that we found, definitely like 50s or 60s. Hard to even tell there's anything here. I just happened to see something white in the distance and started looking around carefully and then all of a sudden realized it was stuff everywhere from someone. So I wondered if there's anyone here who used to be here. Maybe just can't communicate normally. Anybody here would like to say something? Bones? Is Bones over there? No. That was me in the background saying bone. Probably animal bone. It's weird. Where? Oh, weird. That is a big bone. It looks like a collarbone. Yes. Is there anyone here who would like to speak? There's a lot of background noise. If this bone belonged to you, and you'd like to say something. It's a squirrel. Is there anyone listening that would like to communicate? That yeah. was weird. Yeah. Is there anyone listening that would like to communicate? I repeated that just so you You don't hear. remember tap, tapping? No, he was holding his phone palm open. That's weird. That is weird. 
Is anyone here? Is anyone here? You hear that? Is anyone here? I'm here. I don't know, Chris. Well, you can... I, but, <laughs> I mean... When it's uh, quiet, you can almost hear better before you amp it. Okay. We could probably pull it out better. Yeah. What? What do you see? Oh, yeah. There's a leaf moving by itself very crazily. Oh, yes. That's what Jeremy draws my attention to a leaf. It's going... You ever see that? Chris, a leaf! Did you ever see that? Hold the leaf still for a moment. What was that, dude? Okay, so what just happened there was me reacting that to. That was weird, man. Well, I can. We'll just recap it, I guess. That was bizarre. There's someone here who wants to communicate with us. Yes. Perfect. That's what you heard. But yeah, I know. I, yeah, if I had time, I would have cut it out in different clips. Make a noise, or move something, to reveal your presence. Phone screen just woke up. I don't know if that's normal. Like right after I said that. Notifications. Mm -mm. Just went from black to now on. That was a little unnerving. Scariest thing was that leaf moving, the thing underneath me. I think we're about to take our leave. If there is anyone here, we hope that you are at peace uh, or that you're just visiting an old place. As we leave, if you wish to reach out to us, be listening and we'll be watching. Okay? At this point, Chris kept saying, God bless. If someone is here and you we're about to leave, if you wish to reach <laughs> out and touch my brother, <laughs> Jeremy, was, what? Why do you keep telling to touch me? <laughs> touch my brother's That's hand. That's hilarious. You wish back. to attach yourself to Jeremy. <laughs> He's a willing participant. Yeah, no, what's interesting, the one that stuck out to me the most, obviously, because I, I'd have to listen to those, the other ones again and boost yeah. them more to see, because the ones in, when they actually do it, they're really Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of hear stuff, mm -hmm. um, but it is buried in the noise. That's right. I think if it is anything, that's how it happens. Yeah. But the tapping, when you said oh, on the mic, yeah, right after I said, I want to know. I mean, it could have been me adjusting my grip. Like that's a possibility. Yeah. Okay. So you aren't sure if you moved it or not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. But I was. I remember holding it. Were you holding the microphone close to you at all? It wasn't like up to my mouth. So it couldn't have been from your lips, like no, a popping noise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't have been breath. I was like, could it be wind? But it doesn't sound like wind. It no, sounds it like, sounds a, like a, tap, a tap tap. Yeah. But I mean, if it could have been you, then it's kind of hard to... Yeah, I didn't think there was anything too remarkable from that. I mean, it was completely like random. No, and I wasn't expecting, and who knows, maybe we'll pull it out. There won't be anything in there that's compelling. We will cut it all. But, but check that one spot, because there's one spot where I swear it sounds... Almost before I gained it, it was more audible to me. But it was a female voice that said, I'm here. Right after I said, is anyone here? But again, it could be. I didn't hear it, but know, maybe I'll if take you, a closer listen. Yeah. After further review, although Chris tried hard and did a good job, I, as a trained sound professional, did not hear anything all that special. But we have more for you, so don't worry. I hope that was special for don't, you guys. <laughs> don't worry, guys. There are much better ones coming up. So yeah. that was just kind of our random experience yeah, the belief hole take yeah but should have gone to a graveyard like you said you were going to we should do that well we already did the show i know but this could we could something we could try in the future oh, i know it's kind of in Are our you vein. afraid to do it without me no 
No. Just, you know what's weird? You ask, you ask that question, though. Oh, yeah, this is funny. Jeremy and I were driving back to the house the other day. We went through the graveyard in Dolestown there, and it was night. I was like, let's just pull in there. It was nighttime, and I was not expecting at all to get scared. It's a tiny graveyard, okay? too, by the way. This is like... Yeah, it's it's beautiful area. It's on this hillside, but we're, we, we pull into it, and I have the window's down, and Jeremy's driving through slowly. And I did not expect to like get freaked out almost to the point where I was like, Chris looked like he's afraid to look out the you window. Were the, you said the same thing. No, I said it was unnerving, but I was I was totally fine. I wasn't afraid to look out the window. You I was like, very scared. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think you got scared? Huh? I don't I know. I want graveyards it, to be very peaceful. Me too. I, maybe it's because we went in with the thought of- This was in the, was it night? Yeah. And there's no, there's no ambient light there except for right. the lights that are on the graves. Yeah. This is what I experienced that was kind of creepy is, first of all, you're going through very slowly with headlights and with headlights- Shining on the graves, you get these kind of slowly moving shadows, which just feels mm-hmm. like gives an extra depth when, of something there. If you there. go in the intention to potentially find something, uh-huh. it's different than just driving through it. Yeah. Like if you're just not looking, but if you're going in there with the intention of maybe getting out of the car and uh-huh. and like recording something, I think you probably have a lot better chance of catching something too. Well, maybe not. I know what you mean, though. The intention can obviously change your I feel like, like a Ouija board, if you put that intention, there's going to be potentially more that wants yeah. to communicate. And for sure. And like one of the reasons I wasn't, I didn't think I was going to be frightened going in there, because I know from research that graveyards, as spooky as they might be ambiently, you don't get the most cases of hauntings in graveyards. No. They don't seem to be a highly haunted area. Yeah, I mean, it happens, but there, I think the reason why those are cases that you hear about a lot or become legends is because the environment itself is also spooky, but it's not in itself. Is it a place normally? If you're a ghost, I just don't feel like you're hanging around at, at the graveyard. Oh, yeah. We talked about that the last episode. It almost seems like an accident. Like you yeah. get stuck there for a reason well, of we, some sort. Yeah. We talked about that the last episode. Like you imagine those that can't, like they're somehow still connected to their bodies and you, if you could see them, they'd be like standing outside the grave with their silver cord connected to their oh, yeah. buried body. We kind of talked about that idea. And I do think it is possible, I think, that you can be connected because you, it's just a physical habit of being connected to your body and you're not sure. Maybe that's where you had the funeral was held there. Mm-hmm. Last place you saw your loved waiting ones. for your loved ones to die. Yeah. I do, I do think it's possible. I actually want to do at some point, I was thought about this for Halloween, was to do like in the graveyard, stories that happen in the graveyard because besides ghosts and spirits, there's a weird connection with just, I think we've talked about that before, Dog, dog man. man with connection to that kind of guardian maybe the loss or or death or sacred grounds there's a lot of connection to supernatural forces to if you want to think about the dog man quote unquote as a spiritual or supernatural entity there is weird connection with that um with the graveyard i just i like and i love the ambiance of the graveyard like you said it's a very peaceful place very relaxing there's a sense of community there there's definitely there's, some mystery beauty too yeah beauty mystery and just a sacred calmness All to good it. adjectives cool anyway there are better evps in here okay so this is the one I found that I thought was great. This comes from a YouTube channel called uh, Britsby. Her name I found out later at reading the comments is Brittany. This is back from 2008. And essentially, it's a girl who was in her grandfather's home. Apparently, her grandfather had just passed away, I think a couple months before this. We'll double check that. But pretty recently, and she's in home practicing the piano and something happens. We'll see if you guys can hear what else is heard in the EVP besides her voice and her dog and, her, and the piano. And keep in mind, she's alone when this happens. And then the um, other attributes of the story, I think are pretty fascinating that lead to explaining what this could be, this voice, if you guys can pick it up. So let's play it. Play the clip. There you go. She's practicing her piano. a phone going off in the background. Oh. <laughs> she gets up from her That's piano. That's what celestial music sounds like. 
She had a buff. Buff. Calling her dog to go check it out. That was, I heard that very No one clearly. else in the house. But yeah, that's a good, good boy. boy. Play that again. Yeah. That's so clear. Isn't that wow. crazy? I got chills. What's cool is like, this is from 2008. This is, you know, a young girl who obviously like wasn't trying to get attention with this. It seems pretty honest to me the way she's recording herself. I'll just read the description real quick for people. This is 2008? Yeah. Yeah, quality does look much older. Yeah, and the video doesn't have a ton of views. It doesn't have very many comments. Or she's not a ghost hunting channel. Exactly. If anyone stumbles across this tape that is knowledgeable about EVP, feel free to comment and write me. I have lots of questions. I think this is extraordinarily clear for an EVP. I was home alone one day, being a dork and taping my poor piano skills so I could document my progress. All of a sudden, a cell phone goes off in my house, and this is interesting. And being that it wasn't mine, I say, Shadow, buh, which tells my dog to go check it out. I realize it's my dad's old cell phone in his room, so I turn it off and tell my dog that he's a good boy for being a good guard dog and to tell him to stop barking, which you can hear. At one minute, you hear a man say, Shadow, good boy. Yeah. Another detail is that I didn't even hear the voice when it said it. I only discovered it when I played back the tape, which is common with EVPs. I refused to watch any more of the tape. So that when she first posted it, she wouldn't even watch the whole thing. She just wanted oh, to hear wow. people's response because she was freaked out. What's interesting is, if you read the comments... Oh, I was just going to say that. Oh, were you reading that? Yeah. Yeah, so she's responding to people asking questions and commenting. And it turns out that her grandfather had passed away months earlier. She's in the room where her grandfather died. Oh, what I was reading is mm-hmm. there's more people commenting, like people that are experienced. And they said, if you look deeper into it, there's more... Like oh, there's other spirits in there. Oh yeah, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear any of that. But I did see that in the comments too. There was stuff. I mean, I heard other stuff, but I think you might have. I mean, that one you didn't even have to amp up the volume. No, no, no. Right. it was perfect. Usually, you have to jack up the gain to make it audible. But mm-hmm. that's like that was loud. Yeah. yeah, those are rare, but those happen where it's just a clear crystal clear. I wonder. Did you say how long ago her grandpa? Yeah. So she says that so this was in 2008, and she says. I'm in my grandparents' house playing the piano in the room that my grandpa passed away in months earlier. I clearly recognize the man's voice as my grandfather's. Touchy subject that I don't want to throw out there at first, so she didn't mention it initially in the, in the description of the video. The yeah, good boy is shadow good boy to me. Thank you for checking out. And she goes on to say that the reason it sounds like that is because it sounds just like her grandfather's accent. Oh. And she, he had an accent. And so she can tell it's shadow good boy. That's which, pretty specific. Yeah. And then she said, you know, my grandfather was a stand-up man, best grandfather could ask for. Uh, he had an accent, which is why I can understand shadow good boy as opposed to yeah, good boy. Also, that phone had no business going off. That phone hadn't been in use for at least two years, let alone charged. What? Hence why I was so suspicious when it went off. And you can tell when she hears it, she stops playing music, but she doesn't move. She looks startled. She doesn't move for like five or 10 seconds. And then she tells her dog to check it out, which is just like what I would do. I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you go first. Yes. Check that out, Jake. Because she's freaked out just by the phone ringing. I think that's an interesting connection. That the phone that hasn't been used in a couple of years is going off in the other room. Yeah. You know what else is interesting is she only has 22 subscribers. Uh-huh. If she wanted to make this a thing, she would have yeah. done more. 
Oh, for sure. She could have submitted it to this shows. This was and, 2008, so almost 14 years she ago. She could have kept going and making Not only she and, just put up because she wanted answers from anybody who came yeah, across exactly. it. Yeah, this exactly. This is a really good example of like... Authentic seeming EVP. And what's interesting too yeah. is... So that's 13 years ago that this video was posted when she was commenting and responding to people. And then five years ago is the most recent comment from her niece, Nellie Belly, the name of her YouTube account. She says, five years ago, that phone that was going off is my great-grandfather's phone. I heard him say, Shadow, good boy, so she could tell too. The name of Britsby's, my Aunt Brittany's dog is Shadow, and the phone going off hasn't been used in years. It surprised me and her when we watched it together. Her grandfather died months before this. That was very upsetting. So she's kind of reiterating all the stuff, but it's just corroboration much more recently. Yeah. Eight years more recent. I just like that, that it's additional corroboration from someone else in the it's family. Nice. It's a positive one too. Yeah. Yeah. She ends that kind of with this. Her grandfather died months before. It was very upsetting. And every time I go to her dad's house and my parents and her dad go outside, I hear her grandfather and grandmother walking around. It makes me happy that they're watching over me. And so is Shadow. That's, so that's oh, kind of yeah. nice, you know. Definitely better than get out. <laughs> right. Or some demonic sound. No, that's nice. I like that. That's a good one. Makes you wonder like how many regular, because I when I'm tuning pianos, sometimes I'll record the progress of before and after the tuning. I never listen back to those really, but it makes you wonder how many things just in your everyday life you record for whatever purpose. You might be catching something from someone from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's just a lot of angles why this one is a good example, including the recent death. Yeah, good find here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Cool. Better than my Silver Creek. Yeah. All right. I want to do one more here. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome we delayed I forgot about it I saw it. you like <laughs> looking forward for a second I was like what are you doing over there you found it <laughs> wow that's amazing I like that that's good Creepy. you know what that's from my cheerleader stinger okay oh, I knew yeah, it was something yeah, you yeah. did it sounded like your little voice I just grabbed a bunch of sound effects for today yeah I like this because it's been a while since I went crazy with the sound effects yes it has and you've enjoyed the hiatus the absence <laughs> It's coming back hard. I like the sound effects. The ones, that, the word ones and the laugh ones always throw me off because I don't, I mean, I guess people will understand that it's not anybody in you the studio. You mean like this? Well, that one's pretty obvious. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. It's not, not any of us. Oh, all right. Back to the EVPs. Okay. Uh, what was it saying? All right. I want to do one more here. It's going to take us a little bit towards the creepy side of things, which makes sense for the season. This actually comes from a listener, Robert. Um, who you guys may have heard from the last episode, listener stories. Synchronistic timing with this one. Oh, he just sent it right So before. weird, dude. And another weird thing about this is, obviously he didn't know we were going to do an EVP episode and he just happened to send this in. I think this is the first EVP we've ever gotten to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, first. We've gotten a lot of stories. Oh, tons of stories, but no like audio EVP recorded sent. So what's fascinating about that, yeah, weird timing. And also when he sent us it, he said that, you know, it's, well, you'll hear it. Actually, it's in the audio. Maybe I'll let it play and him explain it. But essentially this had disappeared from his phone multiple times over the past few years. And he was only able to recover it and decide to send it in because he had sent it to family who had a copy of it that sent it back to him. So it almost seems like he felt like it was removing itself, like it didn't want to be shared, but it's just weird that he sends it to us right when we're about to do an That's what's episode. weird to me is this had happened years ago. What force made him send it in literally the day we're researching for this EVP episode? It just seems strange. A synchronistic force. Yeah. Okay, this happens in the uh, Dollar Tree parking lot in uh, Katy, Texas. All right, here we go. Hello, Belief Hole. This is Robert from Oklahoma. I had a paranormal experience that I wanted to share with you. It happened in 2018 when I was living in Katy, Texas, and I was with my three-year-old son. We were in a parking lot. My wife had gone into the store, and I stayed in the car with him. And uh, we were just, you know, just playing with him, and we were talking, and, 
and I was showing him videos on my phone and we were taking videos and all sorts of stuff to try to entertain him while my wife was in the store. Eventually I just gave him my phone and so he was just back there playing with it. He was taking pictures and little videos and just messing around with the phone. And later that night, I was going through the pictures to delete them because anyone with a kid knows that they take hundreds of pictures. You have to go through and clear them off. Um, I was looking through and watching the, the little snippets of videos that he took. And there was a video. He was just moving the camera around. He can't really see much. But out of nowhere, I heard this loud demon growl in the video and I completely flipped out and instantly yelled for my wife to come see. When I was in the car, I didn't hear anything and that growl was very loud in the video. I would have heard something. I went in the car to try to figure out what could have made the noise. Maybe he rubbed the phone against something you know, and it made a weird noise. Um, I couldn't recreate that sound or anything like that. And the more I watch it, the more I'm convinced that it's something paranormal. If I would have seen a video like this on YouTube, I'm not sure if I would have believed it or not, because anyone could take a video and add in sound effects and noises and growls and all sorts of things. But this actually happened to me, and this is a genuine video. I've posted the raw footage on YouTube, but I wanted to play it for you right now. That is giving chills. This is interesting right here. When I was in the car with him, like I said, I didn't hear anything. I thought that he was laughing and so I was laughing with him. But when I watch the video now, I see that he was starting to cry in the video. That's creepy. And I feel that he heard it, but I didn't. And I know that people say that kids are able to see things and hear things that we're not able to. And I think he experienced that. My son now is six and he doesn't really remember the incident since he was, you know, three when this happened. But uh, he agrees that the video is pretty scary. <laughs> I'll play the video one more time. That's creepy. Yeah. It's so loud. It's like, it's a very creepy sound for sure. My only thought of what it could be is if like the camera slid on something the phone yeah the phone mm -hmm. and like it like against fabric yeah and it could kind of make like a roar sound but i i can't tell from the video how the yeah. camera's being held mm -hmm. but yeah no it definitely sounds like a growl yeah i don't know if he said that yet or not but he said he tried to recreate the sound by rubbing the camera like oh, the really? microphone and mm -hmm. stuff and okay. it's nothing like that you guys we'll have the link to the video in the show notes um, it is weird to see the kid's reaction immediately yeah. when that sound occurs. You can see it's he's so distressed too. It's not like a growl. It's almost like a roar. Yeah. And right when it happens, the kid's leg, he obviously is either responding to that or it's happening while the sound is happening, but it is kind of funny and interesting to hear him like laugh thinking that the kid's laughing. Yeah. That is kind of weird, but it is creepy to think like the, he the kid doesn't sound quite like a laugh. It sounds a little bit more scared. scared. Yeah. yeah. Which at the time, since they were playing, yeah, you, you no, know, I get that. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. great submission, Robert. Um, it reminds me of that video we did back, I don't know if it was a live stream or an episode, but we did, it was a live stream, I guess, but we did the um, video of the news report of the young couple who had the crib downstairs, and then you see that figure. Oh, yeah. And then the, the kid look up as the oh, figure yeah. walks mm -hmm. by, that translucent. It just reminds you of like, and how many stories you hear about, especially with cribs, which is creepy, uh, but where 
they catch things on baby monitors, things like that, where it looks like, of course, the best fear food is going to come from right. the young. Well, and also they're closer to that other side. Right. It, they can see you. So if you want a they reaction. Haven't been, the veil hasn't been completely closed over right. through society and saying that stuff isn't real, you know. Because mm, yeah. there is something about believing in this stuff that I think opens you up for it to happen more. Definitely. I think and if you're really young, just by default, I think you may be more perceptive to yeah. stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, everything is real when you're that age. Movies, you know. Yeah, you're so open. Mm -hmm. I love that just on a technical level, I love that you have both the audio, we can see what's going on, and also the idea that electronic devices can capture potentially something that our human ears can't for whatever reason, whether it's interference, frequency, but also children have that same. So you're getting both of those at the same time. You're getting a child experiencing something that you can't hear or see in the real time, but the electronic device is able to capture it just like that crib monitor when you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when those kind of worlds collide with that experience. Yeah. Well, Rogo brings up in the otherworldly music thing, the dog whistle concept. Like oh, the idea yeah. that there are things and frequencies that we can't hear, the average person can't hear, even in the physical reality, even with the physical wave vibrations. Of course, yeah. So like the dog whistle theory, like it just put that into perspective of EVP. There's something that electronics can pick up that maybe our human ears can't hear. It's weird that it's reproduced in frequencies that we can hear. In the playback. Yeah, that's a good exactly. point. Like it's, there's some kind of uh, conversion of frequency, energy, something. Well, that's where the whole debate comes in over like, is there actual manipulation on the, if you're using a tape, the magnetism of the tape, or is there something done digitally? I don't know. I think it has to do with the white noise because it's yeah. most yes. of the time it's buried in the mm -hmm. white noise. Exactly. Although with, in this most often, I think with either extremely haunted locations allegedly or with mediums that's when you get really clear really clear no we have examples of that coming up but i think that you're right john but that seems different to me like even something like this yeah it's kind of hard to know because it's like that girl the, with the piano one yeah it mm -hmm. seems like you would have heard that in the room it's so clear but she didn't it seems like yeah right exactly so i think there are times where either maybe you're so young or you are connected to whoever's on the other side or you are sensitive You've done a lot with intention and mediums have this kind of experience. We'll play one later where you get clear ones that are oddly clear without being in the white noise. But I do think we can dig up from the white noise more often people that aren't in those special situations. Maybe spirits that aren't as powerful. Exactly. Or aren't interested in being heard. It's like using a medium, not a psychic medium, but using like an artistic medium or a physical medium to create something. Absolutely. I think the white Painting noise- Painting in the water. Like you said, I think the white noise is kind of an energetic- canvas. It's a medium. It's a medium that can be used and manipulated to create your representation of what you're trying to say. Could be just spirits in the background just hanging out. And that's caught a lot. Later, oh, yeah. we're going to play a couple from a medium, like I think I mentioned her earlier, her channel, EVP Voices is a great channel. And she has this one video that's basically answers questions from her audience of what she's experienced, what she thinks about these entities on the other side. And there are questions like that that lead to her picking up conversations that are completely ignoring the people in the room. They're entities talking to each other. We'll get into that. It's really interesting. The last thing I want to mention about this specific case with Robert, I was just looking for some kind of corroboration. I was searching for like occult activity, Dollar Tree, Katy, Texas. No Dollar Tree occult activity found. Didn't find a lot <laughs> specifically on that, but I did find, and this is, of course, this is kind of a stretch, but in Texas, there have been a series of murders that were in Texas or in Katy, Texas? Houston, Katy. Katy's like, this took place actually 30 minutes from where our friend John lives. Yeah, that's a pretty big area though. Well, but just in general, that's I'm just saying close. in that area, specifically with the MS-13, yeah. there is a tradition, I guess you could say, of um, demonic sacrifice. 
this just happened a year before he, re- not that this is that at yeah. all, but he recorded this a year after, not far from where this took place, maybe 20 minutes, a young girl was found who had been basically sacrificed to the beast. They were arrested and they admitted what they did. So there is that kind of tradition. And, and this is silly. Creepy. But the idea that occult activity in the area just generally, maybe Ghostbuster style unleashing demonic forces from the other side that can now hang out in Dollar Tree parking lots. Well, and, maybe not to that extent, but it doesn't mean they're not out there. It reminds right. me of, there was this story that I watched of this guy that grew up in a satanic family. Oh, yeah. Basically, his father would pray 10 hours a day all through the night to Satan. Right. He said he watched horrific things, you know, like sacrifices and Richard, like his whole upbringing. And he ended up going into that life and he ended up turning his life around at some point. But when he was in it, I mean, he said that he could commune with the devil. I mean, you can say whatever you want, like if it's real or not, but the guy seems genuinely authentic and he, he seems like a changed person. He, and it dealt with a lot with gangs and, right. but one of the things he said is in cities, there's demonic sections of the city of like demonic lords. Right. That reign over those different that areas. reign over different parts of the city and they use sacrifice and gang members to mm-hmm. wreak havoc. That's so fascinating. It's interesting too, because that ties into Solomon's temple where he supposedly controlled those demons to build Solomon's temple, King Solomon. At the same time, within that couple hundred years of that story being popularized, that's when they started chronicling all the different demons that existed. All that the were names. Like 4,000 some different names of demons in their positions and very complex stuff, which how do they get that information? Right. But it's hierarchies. Interesting. Hierarchies. And, it yeah. just sounds similar to that. Just we're disconnected from hundreds of years that there's still that idea. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we got to take a break real quick, and I think now is a good time to play the stinger I made for Sound Iron. This show's amazing sponsor, and since it's Halloween, they have a 50% sale going on on their creepier instrument sample libraries. And that sale is going to run from now until the 31st of October uh, 2021. They also have a few other belief hold discount codes that we've done in past episodes, which is actually on top of the Halloween specials going on right now, so... Check out the show notes for the links and all the discount code information. They're awesome people over there. They've been super supportive of the show. So go check them out at soundiron.com. All right. So here is the stinger. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Jack Strange with Investigating the Paranormal. And as promised, I'm going to be exploring the infamous and haunted Moorings Castle in eastern Connecticut. I've talked to more than a few people about this place that have experienced everything from the rooms turning freezing cold to being pushed, scratches, screams, footsteps, all the typical signs of a haunting. There have also been reports of ghostly music echoing through the halls that are coming from what seems to be like another dimension. All right, guys, let's get to it. We're heading up the stairs right now. And I can't explain how amazing this place is. You can just feel the stories in the stone. So much has happened in these walls. All right, guys, we're gonna start by spending some time in this master bedroom. Historical records show one of the owners of the castle was a musician and he had an absolutely colossally oversized piano built in this room. One day when he was tuning the piano, one of the enormous low strings snapped and literally cut off half of his head. Let's see if we can make contact with anybody. 
Is anyone in this room? Are there any spirits here? Any spirits that have passed on and would like to communicate? Please don't be afraid to say your name. All right, guys, it's been 15 minutes. I'm not getting any vibes in here. Let's head back down and check out the library. Do you guys hear that? I swear I just heard piano music. Interesting. There it is again. Hear it? That's definitely piano. Wow, that's incredible. It sounds so clear, but, but like ethereal. It sounds like it's coming from the left wing of the castle. Quick, let's go! Oh, wow. This is amazing. I've never heard anything this clear before. Man! Hey! What the hell are you doing in here? Who the hell are you? Uh... I, I travel to places like this and play my music. I like to find creepy locations around the country and perform in them. Wow, man, I really thought I had something special. Thanks. Sorry, I didn't know. Well, guys, I'm really sorry about that. Man, I thought we were going to have some serious evidence for the paranormal. Okay, guy, can you stop? I'm filming right now. I'm finishing my segment. Look, I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm not playing. Look, it's obviously not me. Oh my god! What is it? Oh my god, it's real! There's actually a ghost! Run! Ah! Oh my god, it's scary! I'm scared of this! <laughs> <laughs> Boys and girls, boys and ghouls. Oh, that's good. Timely. So what I'd like to do now is highlight a specific YouTube channel that I came across called EVP Voices. Just found it researching, trying to find good evidence of EVPs. This is an individual who's been doing this for 40 years, or she's been at least researching ITC stuff, intertrans communication type experiences technology. Yeah, if that sounds familiar to you guys, we covered that when we talked about Marcello Bacci and his spear radio and the school experiments in the UK with the physical mediumship and the use of video technology and audio right. technology that, in the One 90s. of those was an expansion episode, so if you're not an expansion member, sign up. Mm. But anyway, like I said, she has 40 years looking into this stuff. 2008, I believe, it was when she started actually recording. And it's fascinating because she's always heard voices. She's, I guess you could say, sensitive or a medium. She doesn't believe she's special 
in that case, she thinks that everyone has the possibility to be in touch, if you want to call it that, to hear these things, but she just always has. And it was kind of an interesting experience for her when she actually was able to record a voice that she had heard. And that's, I think, was an interesting kind of angle on it. Was, yeah, she wasn't expecting it, right? No, I think she was trying to record it. She wasn't expecting it to be so clear. Yeah, and you'll hear that. Uh, the clearness in her first recording, one of the EVPs she's captured, is just crazy clear. So we're going to play some of these clips. This comes from a video about her giving a, a Q&A, basically answering questions that had been submitted to her. And we, I've just highlighted some here. We'll have the link to the video in the show notes that will go through many more questions we won't have time to get to. Just very interesting. Take it or leave it. Keep an open mind. Uh, but I think some of it's pretty fascinating. The first one we're going to do here actually has a clip from her first EVP experience from 2008. I think it's 2008. The question here is, how are your EVPs so clear? I'm convinced that it's been my intention and dedication to make contact with our friends unseen that drove my ability to capture clear EVP. From the very first digital recording, I obtained multiple Class A EVP and have done on the majority of recordings since. There was no need to buy expensive equipment. It did nothing to improve my results. It's interesting. That's pretty obvious. So that was on her first recording. She captured that. Sounds like two older ladies. I think just hearing it, not reading it, I couldn't understand either of those phrases. You did hear human voices though, right? Yeah, but I just couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. So what did she say that they said? They are, they are speaking with a heavy accent too, so that might be part of the reason. Well, there's a lot of distortion in it, I think is part of it. You want to hear it again? Yeah. What does it say, John, when you read it? That's for you, dear, is the first one. When I watched it and listened to it while I was reading it last night, I understood it, but not watching it, not remembering what they said, I couldn't understand any of it. Right. Okay. The first one is, yes, that's for you, dear, I think. Oh, is that for you, dear? Which is pretty, that one pretty, sounds a lot mm, like it. Yeah. And the second one is, please, let's see there. So let's listen again. Is that for you, dear? Is that for you, dear? That says, please, let's see there. That one's not quite as clear, but... Yeah, and she explains, obviously, these are... In, in this video, she does specifically that all of these are open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. The point isn't to give you those exactly what they're saying. Older but women voices. That's right. The point is to basically analyze a clear EVP, like that these are human voices. They're not to tell you exactly what they say. She just gives a suggestion of what it could be. Yeah. But by no means is she saying that this is exactly what they're saying. Was there any context to that one, like background or anything? Or is that just an example of a clear EVP? It's from her first experience of oh, okay. recording. Imagine getting that your first time. I could see how it'd become addictive. Yeah. If you catch something, it's like fishing. But in a metaphysical way. Exactly. Yeah, later on, she has a quote. I don't know if I snagged it or not, but she says something at the end of the video that elaborates more on this first experience with those two women that were heard. And, you know, how do you get clear EVPs? Why are they so clear? Basically, the idea, you know, anyone can develop this and do this. Just the best way to do it is to go and calm with the intention of communication. You know, try at your own risk, obviously. But she believes that's why they're so clear for her. They just always have been for some reason since she started. Didn't her grandfather do it or something? I didn't look into her history. I know that her grandfather is involved. That's one of the questions in this video. Somehow in ITC. In um, at least some sort of like occult communication, whatever that may be. I haven't looked too deep into her story. Her website will be in the show notes too. It's just interesting stuff. Um, but she's very technical too. She has a link to a study all the different devices that she's used, how many voice responses or speakers have come through on each device, what frequency ranges they have. It's all 
very technical as far as like the research study part of it that's also, done. Also, it's important to point out that she makes no money from her YouTube channel. Exactly, yeah. There's no money from YouTube, no money from her website. She spends hours and hours doing this. I mean, how many, I forget how many voices two, she's collected. So like a two-hour recording can take 10 to 20 hours to go through and then try to bring stuff out for her. When she first started, it was like 30 hours a week she'd spend on top of her job. So Sounds familiar. But she also thinks that you get better results when you're not trying to do it for profit. Right. When you're trying to just share the information, which is kind of interesting. Huh. And yeah, to be respectful. I mean, you see like obviously the antagonizing come at me, tactic. Bro. Yeah, come at me, ghost. Uh, you see that you're all dead. the time. Don't you know you're dead? <laughs> Say something. You might be more likely to get a, like a demonic response or <laughs> right. like a dark response from those kind you're, of activities. Come at me, bro. <laughs> but yeah, let's play the next one. What is the next one? Well, let's see which one do we want to do. You have the ones from... Uh, you be the picker. You have the ones from the Ben Franklin Health Fire Club? No. Okay. Different video. That was pretty fascinating. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Are interactions with the living viewed as paranormal to the dead? This is a good point. This comes up in the expansion too. Are interactions with the living viewed as paranormal to the dead? So asking the question, what is it like for them to talk to us? Is it paranormal or is it part of their reality? Like the others with Nicole Kidman? That kind of idea, or maybe you should ask Marcello Bacci. Marcello Bacci. Marcello. Yeah, because he would tell you it's not paranormal, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's part of the nature of their existence. There's over there. just this etheric uh, membrane between the two worlds. Right. But there's also an interesting aspect that time is different. They experience things differently than we do. It seems like, and their communication is different too. They can speak languages at the same time. Mm -hmm. Strange to us, but somehow they are aware of us and can be aware of future events, as she says. But it almost seems like there's a rule that they can't talk to us about that. And that's kind of interesting. Jerks. Here we go. This question supposes we are the living, but to those we record, they consider themselves to be living too. Although some do remember having died. Speakers are aware that they can sense us and pick up on us in ways that we don't yet understand. But to them, this is normal. And she plays one, someone who recently died is aware of it, sounds like. So she suggested it says, did it really happen to me since I'm dead? But whatever it says, it does sound like a human voice being picked up when no one else is supposed to be in the room. Yeah, what's fascinating to me is the EVPs that I really, I think are the most compelling or the most interesting, I guess, are the ones where you catch someone who's in the room who is talking about you, but not trying to speak to you. They're talking with someone else who is in that room that you can't see, but they're talking about you and you happen to catch that on tape. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the most interesting phenomena that happens because it's not trying to communicate with you. It doesn't think it can be caught in that moment. And there's a lot with the Hellfire Club that she went in and did those tunnels. Oh, yeah. It's another video that we'll link in the show notes. But I've listened to ones from like that Pontefract with the famous haunting of the monk there, but a EVP where the spirit that you're trying to communicate with is not attempting to contact you, but instead is talking to another spirit about you while you're in the room. Those are eerie. And I think some of the most fascinating. Yeah, definitely. And I think it kind of relates to this next question, doesn't it? What is the next question? Jeremy's like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> What's the next question? Uh, How are we perceived? Are we intruding on their era? On occasion, I'll record a conversation that sounds overheard, but then suddenly they become aware of us. No clip has ever referred to us as being ghosts, only to us by name. There's never any reference to their timeline either. To us, there is only now, but there are hints that communicators have an ability to know what lies ahead for us, but they're not permitted to tell us what the future may hold. That's interesting. That just runs parallel to a lot of the near-death experiences. Like that knowledge that's... Reserved? Yeah, reserved. That's the word for it. Because Earth is a learning ground. 
And if you know the future too much of it, then it spoils the ride. Sure does. It does feel like this is a place where time exists for the purposes of experience. Yes. Where when you leave this place, time isn't the same and you might know more about what would happen here. But when you come here, that's the point is to come into this uh the severely limited experience yeah. in a lot of ways. If you believe from a lot of these near-death experiencers talk about the limitlessness of right. the next place, like this is very limited. And the fact that you're unlimited is a limitation yeah. on the other side. So to come back here is is a limit. It's, yeah. it's getting a little weird. <laughs> so there's limiting going <laughs> on. Reminds me of, Does that make sense though? Yeah, I think a pretty good analogy that would be Reminds me a lot of playing a video game, for example, where you have chapters in the game, but you can go back to visit chapters you've played, but you're aware of the game, right? You can travel to different time points in the game that you've played. You can also travel to anywhere on the map you want to go at different times, log in, log out. Kind of reminds me of that. You have that power being a player from the outside. I mean, I'm sure there are still restrictions, obviously. Like you can't, for example, like she said, you can't divulge future knowledge to mortal beings. Right. Uh, It's an interesting idea. Yeah. You know, well, it's just like you can't tell an NPC in a game that they're just an NPC. They wouldn't understand it. Oh yeah, that was weird. Uh, just a quick contemporary note of things occurring when that when Facebook went down and everything. The night before that, we had watched um, Free Guy, Free Guy, which is a great movie. And spoiler alert: cover yours for twenty five seconds if you don't want to know what happens. But at one point, towards Should play the end, some elevator music for a second to get people prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point, towards the end of the film, uh, the guy in charge of the the video game environment that these NPCs are playing in decides to destroy the world because he's stolen the the code for this game and doesn't want to get caught. So he's trying to destroy it. But it was just weird because one of the guys who works there says, are you sure you want to pull everybody's account, shut everybody down from the system? Because they're showing throughout the film that it's a global, uh, a worldwide popular game. Everybody's playing. It's like the Truman Show scenes where people are watching it on TV. Right. Yeah. They're watching one of the characters in this who are starting to become conscious. So he's smashing this and he's like, are you sure you want to pull this and close all the accounts, shut everything down? The next day I wake up and find out that Facebook, Oculus, and Instagram are down. I felt alone. And worse, it was my fault. Just a weird, weird coincidence or synchronicity where it was like, I just immediately went back to that scene in the game where it's like, yeah, everybody's offline. definitely some overlap there. Yeah, we still don't know what caused that, do we? Uh, according to Zucker Tuck. Uh, Zucker Tuck? <laughs> do the Zucker Tuck. It's a dance. Do the Zucker Tuck. According to Zuckerberry Finn. I think he said that it was, well, and from another third party that I read, he was saying that it has to do with the pathways that servers allow people onto Facebook or navigates them there. And those were pulled or there was some, they were updating. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, your guess is as good as anyone else's. I'm just reading. Even if, I mean, I don't think they would ever tell the truth. I mean, right. What actually happened? If, unless it was just a boring thing. Let's just rephrase that. If it was something that they didn't want you to know about, they wouldn't tell you. Right. Which it's very possible something could have happened, even if they didn't want people to know it got hacked or right, something. Even if it just mm-hmm. seems, makes it a vulnerability. Maybe, maybe they just paid hackers. Who knows? Yeah. You know, but the whole point, because I think Zuckerberg lost like $7 billion or something. My theory. I'm saying you can lose a lot of money, so you're going to cut all potential yeah. like liabilities at that point. My theory is this out there, and this is Jeremy speaking by himself, just a conspiracy theorist, but one Flat theory. Earth. It's like he's hiding the flat earth now. <laughs> it's uh, because, well, this could be. I just, I, I kind of had this like intuition. I know it's out there. But um, the woman who came out, the whistleblower, CIA plant, one of these in every technology company. And if you don't censor enough, censor the right things or hard enough, they can do this to show you they can shut you down essentially. Oh, right. And that this was an internal censorship threat to Zuckerberg. Just a yeah, well, suggestion. I, it did seem the timing was weird with the whistleblower. So yeah. whatever that means, I mean, it could definitely play a part. 
Yeah, because obviously let's watch some of the stuff that she come out with. I don't know anything about her personally or anything, but um, some of the Did stuff she was do like. AVP? Huh? <laughs> yes, John. Way to tie it in. Thanks. <laughs> so naturally. Um, anyways, we can move on from this, but uh, no, I, I want to hear the end of it. I, so when I was hearing some of the stuff that she'd said, and I can't remember exactly what was coming out. And some of the stuff that people talked about advertising and things, I was like, yeah, this is true of every tech company, every media outlet. And that's the thing I thought about too, is like the supposed division and hate created on Facebook, which of course there is. Is it more than on Twitter? Is it more than in the mainstream media with echo chambers, these loopbacks of division and, and hate? What, well, and also whatever you're interested in, it just the loops echo back. Chamber. No matter what side or what right. interests you have, right. you're the just algorithms your own are built so that it's just reinforcing right. every idea that you have. I just thought it was interesting because there were oh, moments where... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lady. Thanks, lady. <laughs> there were some moments where like Zuckerberg... I don't know about Zuckerberg. Zucker but Tuck. <laughs> there, there were moments where he had said basically, it's not our job to tell people what is fake news or something. Like, we think people should be able to see for themselves what politicians are saying. In a democracy, I don't think that we want private companies censoring politicians in the news. He held back at some oh, right. points on censorship. I mean, that kind of surprised me. Good for him. So maybe, maybe that's partly why the attacks have happened. I mean, he's obviously been under the spotlight more than anyone else being taken to Congress. And mm. so maybe, I don't know, given the benefit of the doubt, maybe there's a bit of him, whatever he's involved in or doing, maybe there's some kind of pushback against, it seems like there is at times where he's like, well, we're not going to censor it's everything. Just, yeah, not an immediate I mean, bowing he's, down. He's capitulated a lot to oh, for the sure. same people. They just keep pushing and pushing. Exactly. So at some point he's going to lose his business if he doesn't stand up for, you know, his customers essentially. Well, either way he could lose it. That's true. They yeah, should, I mean, I think this sure. is a, could be a threat from the other side. You know? Who knows? I mean, things are so complex now, and so like these companies are so big and all pervasive in our yeah. lives. Well, it just made me realize, like when everything got shut down, like I didn't even notice. It's just another. Why well, did because of Oculus? Yeah, I don't even use. We're trying to have a virtual I don't meeting. Have any I only use Facebook because we have people like our subscribers to our show, Instagram, right. that are on. So I was thinking, like, okay, for most people that are on social media. Just another reason why it's not good to have a monopoly over multiple facets of the most popular platforms of discussion. Because if ever, like, just like any centralized power, right? If you've got one guy, exactly. one company in charge of everything, that gets shut That's down or the attacked. Whole argument for decentralization, right? You yeah. don't want to put everything in one place because if it goes down, you need competition goes. of ideas and the yeah. control of idea. Yeah, you need separate servers. You need different systems so that. Society can still function if something yeah. happens. It's the dumbest thing to try to centralize. That's why everything. it's good to not have a one world order. Because you need yes. if, if you have one dictator that runs the entire world, then you don't have anybody to battle that dictator, and you don't have any other countries to come in and help you out. Yeah, yeah. Your, centralized power is is dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous, and it is it's kind of scary how fast it's happening through technology. I yeah. feel like. Anyways, anyway, EVP <laughs> is very much in the vein of what we're talking about. That should be a separate show. Oh, it will be. I'm Maybe sure. Maybe like a off the cuff or something. Mm -hmm. Anyways. We hope you enjoy that little side rant. Yeah. <laughs> Let's finish up the actual EVP conversation. Yeah. Tune it in. Quite literally. All right. Another question for our EVP recordist. I wish I knew her name. I didn't get that before the show, but we, we'll have all that in the show notes. Rachel Browning. How about the question, can you trust who the speakers say they are? Ah, good question. There's always the trickster to consider. There's the trickster, and I think, well, we'll hear her answer, but essentially that's kind of what we're in line with. I mean, how can you really know? But she has an intuition that general, well, you'll hear. Let's play it up, John. Can you trust who the speakers say they are? Reminds you of um, disembodied voices. Oh, exactly. Tim Marjanko's book. And we're going to be doing an interview with him coming up soon, which the forces that be on the other side or the trickster realm, it seems like, have been trying to shut this down. And we're going to get into that when we do yeah, that interview. Yeah, weird stuff going on with that. A lot of weird stuff. Can you trust who the speakers say they are? 
I've never obtained enough proof to corroborate even one person's identity through EVP messages. However, that doesn't mean that they aren't who they say they are. There are rules they must abide by, and if I persist in asking demanding questions, I'm often cut short when they've said they can't or they won't provide information. And there's another good reason to accept their title. The more you enter into communication with a speaker, the more likely you are to achieve a clear and consistent link with them. As there are so many unknowns, I'm happy to enter into the game if it helps with recording their voices. Interesting. Sounds like even when she's not sure or she disbelieves they're who they say they are, she'll play along to try to get the clear audio. Right. Interesting. Now, I want to say something about this because I definitely think that there are situations and experiences throughout the ITC phenomenon or EVP experience, or even just ghost poltergeist experience where someone has communicated with something. Specifically, I've heard stories through the Ouija board where they claim that they are this thing. What's that famous story? Was it Annabelle? I don't think it was Annabelle. Robert the Doll? The Apartment. Those two girls had was, was that, Annabelle. That was the original Annabelle mm-hmm. story, not the cinematic version. Right. Well, um, they kind of covered it in the reboot or the origin story, right. second one. But basically, it said that it was the ghost of this little girl. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, it left it like paper and pencils to write messages. And, and then you realize it was a darker entity. And now it resides in Ed and Lorraine Warren's haunted objects music. That's right, allegedly in the Raggedy Ann doll. So I, my feeling would be that that does occur. I've seen enough. It seems authentic and true of experiences like that. And like we say, from our perspective, it's unknown whether there are, there could be more than one other side. There could be layers to these realms. The We could say the heavenly or the limboic, the purgatory type realm, whether it's positive or difficult, the final state that you might end up in when you die, which could be kind of a more ethereal all is one or more your idea of heaven or whatever or hell. But then the idea that there are other planes of existence that are other kinds of entities. We talk about the nightmare feeders oh, and yeah. the fear eaters and so like the lower energetic lower vibrational entities. The astral realms. Are, where where do these link with each other? Do they link? Are they completely separate? Or are they layered? It's just, it's interesting. So I yeah. think to give her credit, obviously, like she's been doing this for so long. I find her to be authentic. I've watched several of her videos, you know, take it for what it is. But I would definitely say that if she's had this much experience throughout the years, I would give her the benefit of the doubt and say that that's probably true that that she's had experiences with things for so long. And if it's been overwhelmingly positive, I'm sure there are positive. Well, and the question when it comes to like, because a lot of times you'll get people who are famous characters, like King Henry VIII or something. Right. And if it is the case, is it something where we're peeking back in through time and picking up people's conversation, especially if it's not response to questions? That's always a question too. Like, is it maybe not a dead spirit coming through, but on occasion, is it we're accessing a different timeline. Somehow. Exactly. Is there some sort of dimensional crack in the membrane or, or something? Or is it just a psychic echo? Something mm-hmm. reverberating throughout time? So many possibilities. Um, let's do the final one from her for now. And we'll link the rest in the show notes for you guys. I kind of like this as a nice kind of ending question and answer here. Do you have a mediator who turns them off when you need to focus elsewhere? Right, because she's hearing, been hearing these voices since she was a child, right? Right, whether she's recording or not. No, there's no off switch. For me, hearing voices is like having family around me. Sometimes they make an infernal noise and you wish they'd give you some peace. But other times they go out for the day and when the stillness becomes too heavy, I wonder where they are. I've learned to zone out, to crack on with what I want to do. I can't imagine life without hearing my friends and I never want them to be silent. That's nice. So her experience is obviously more positive, overwhelmingly positive. So, you know... Not the kind of uh, other form of demonic experiences we hear or, you know, angry. I've heard that before too with mediums, people who can hear voices from the other side and how what is initially maybe terrifying when they're younger, they grow accustomed to and realize 
how they can manage it and how mm-hmm. they can see it as something positive. And then it becomes something that they miss in, it's in the absence of it. Right, and exactly. Know? And that's actually, this will tie in, we'll get into the expansion. We'll do some of the uh, white noise music phenomena, musical ear syndrome, as it's referred to medically. And I think there is something to it. I, I don't think it's just people filling in patterns with their ears, their brain. Yeah, especially when you tie it into Rogo's work. We're going to do a casebook of otherworldly music, which is going to be super interesting. All the different sorts of... Um, phenomena that occur under that category. Right. We'll touch on this a little bit before we, you know, we're doing the expansion, but I, I want to talk about some of this because that was the point of looking at this in the first place. So when I was looking at the idea of people hearing music, specifically that's what happened to me. Occasionally I'd hear like my name or things in like white noise mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, it just sounds more like something. And I'm not saying that it is, but it is. <laughs> and I came across this one looking for any kind of reference to this online. This is interesting because of where it comes from. Music ear syndrome, or MES, is a condition triggered by silence or background sounds that cause some people to hear phantom music, singing, or voices. MES, music and singing, can either be clear or vague, whereas voices are usually always vague and indistinct. Now, that's interesting because this ends up contradicting some of the stuff in the forum that this doctor has later. Voices are a key factor in determining the difference between a psychiatric hallucination and MES. For example, when someone is having a psychiatric hallucination, voices are clear and distinct. MES can be caused by hypersensitivity in the auditory cortex due to a lack of auditory stimulation, hearing loss, and it is also almost always linked to tinnitus. Although one report by the hearing consultants claimed that 10% of those with hearing loss experience MES, it is still largely unreported because sufferers are concerned about an underlying mental health condition. They think they're crazy. Oh, yeah. So if you hear indiscernible voices as you listen to the hum of a fan, don't worry, it's probably just MES. Now, what's interesting is that quote comes from TM Soft, which is a uh, technology company that produces phone apps, and they're first app that was a bestseller on, on the Apple store was the white noise app. So I thought that was interesting because oh, yeah. like, they said that this was in response to so many of their users reporting hearing voices. Oh, interesting. And music in the white noise. It was noise. like a meditation app, yeah. basically. And then they, they suddenly got all these people saying, I'm hearing voices. Is this normal? Yeah, I'm hearing So then music. they put out this article. Exactly. That's interesting. So that article connects to the work of uh, Dr. Neil Bauman and his blog, which basically... His attempt, of course, is is good, and it's trying to alleviate people's concerns about hearing voices. Are they crazy? What's going on? And his explanation, of course, being an audiologist, is to discuss how it relates to hearing loss. It says, um, Neil Bauman is an audiologist who runs a center in Pennsylvania called the Hearing Loss Help Center. He's created a discussion forum for those experiencing a wide range of anomalous auditory perceptions, including auditory pareidolia. Commenters detail their experiences, often believing they are symptomatic of mental illness. For example, one commenter writes, quote, I thought I was going crazy. When my air conditioner is on, I wake up and hear light conversations. I would go to the window to see if anyone was outside, or I would turn the air conditioner off, and it would stop. Sometimes it sounds like a radio. Another more at-ease commenter writes about her similar experience of hearing voices from the sound of central air control. Quote, I would hear faint voices whispering, conversing, singing, or chanting. It sounded like a crowded room full of people at a party in a distant room somewhere in the building. After a while, I came to enjoy the sound as they seemed to be enjoying themselves at the party, and it helped lull me to sleep at night. Eh, that's cool. Yeah, and there's all kinds of anecdotes in here. Like Jen on the forum says that uh, when it's raining heavily, she can hear faint music. It sounds like it's coming from a gramophone playing in the background. I mean, I've heard things like that. You could say audio pareidolia. Of course. And I do think that does explain some of the situations 
Linda says, The music is in my right ear. I hear the songs perfectly at different times of the day, but seems to be most loud at night. But this has been going on and off for months now. I do have sensitive hearing and I've tried earplugs. I thought it might drown out the sound. I'm hearing, this is what I thought was interesting of this quote. I'm hearing songs from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yeah. And was never born until then. So yeah, yeah. I can go on with these. I'll probably just do some of the expansion because we're running out of time here. Yeah, because some are interesting because they start to get unexplainable. Yeah, some of them are specific instrumentation, specific songs. One guy has some corroborating information allegedly that he is hearing country music. He calls his friend to tell him what's going on and his friend turns on the radio and it's the same point in the song. Is his air conditioner channeling actual radio signals? Well, that can happen, but even with vents and homes, I hear. Right. But the idea that you can move closer to these sounds whether it's country music or a cocktail party, whatever it is, and it gets louder or dissipates and it sounds like it's a certain spot in the room, for instance, or if you're hearing distinct voices, one guy says he hears the wolf howl and call sign of the radio in the white noise. And what's just interesting is the kind of, I don't know, contradictions of the doctor. He says hearing clear and distinct voices is more of a sign of schizophrenia. But when people say, well, I'm hearing specific words, the lyrics, I'm hearing people talking, I'm hearing call signs of radios, it just seems like there's something more to it. So maybe we'll explore it a little more in the expansion. Yeah. Because it ties into what you're going to be covering with otherworldly music, I feel like. It could be a kind of antenna mm-hmm. or whatever is either throughout time and other realms. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Well, well, we'll be getting into that for sure. There's a bunch of cool stuff. We're going to be talking about flying monks, Ooh. strange organ music playing. Some of the cooler stories are where you actually hear fleets of voices passing by people's windows after they've died. Other people oh, in the home hearing voices going by, singing songs, and there's some pretty crazy and stuff being pulled out to the afterlife or yeah. something. And a lot of cool theories we'll be covering in the expansion. Awesome. Awesome. Yes! Thanks again for um, Sound Iron for sponsoring yeah. the show. Go check them Absolutely. out if you do any audio production work, if you do a podcast or any songwriting. Yeah, fantastic stuff there. All right, and I hope you guys liked the episode. Yeah. If you're an expansion member, stick around. Make sure to check out all the extra episodes we do. Double the episodes for expansion members so you'll hear an incredible episode for each one you've enjoyed on the main feed if you sign up today. Access granted. That's right, guys. And until then, get ready for the spooky season finally hitting as we get close to Halloween, Halloween, and our Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. And if you... We might be doing this... If you want to send in a story of something that happened on or around Halloween. Or in a graveyard. Or in a graveyard. That's my idea. Send your stories this way. We'll see what we'll do. But uh, yeah, do what you can. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you next time on Do It. Believe Hole. John, get in there. <laughs> All right. On The Believe Hole. God, that's <laughs> <laughs>